0: Welcome to Momentum Church. Amen, amen, amen. There we go, there we go. All right. I want to begin just by looking at Psalm 46. It says, Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Come on, somebody. Amen? Yeah, 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 yeah. That's all we need to know as we go into this experience, this pandemic that we're dealing with. We're not going to put our head in the sand. We recognize that this is real. This is something that we've never done before. Amen? But I know this day did not come as a surprise to God. Not one bit. And he is our fortress. And so as a church right now, we we can't run in together physically, but spiritually, all across this community, all across this county, the counties and surrounding, the the, the state. I know I got friends from all over the world watching in on this thing today. Amen. We're going to have church here today. Amen? I love that this morning we're worshiping and just seeing some of the staff children go after God in here. Man, I hope you were going after God in your your living rooms. Man, our staff kids were going after it this morning. And so I'm looking forward to bringing a word to us today. But before we get into this word, I do want to take a second and just bring us up to speed. Some of you may have not seen the video from yesterday that I posted. And I believe we need to kind of go back before we can go forward, all right? And so the first thing we have to understand is Friday at 3.30, our president, he issued this state of emergency in regards to minimizing the spread of and the treatment for COVID-19. This is like something we've never experienced before in our lives. Likewise, our governor, Brian Kemp, he issued a state of emergency for the state of Georgia effective yesterday morning. I think it was at 8 a.m., And so with that, we as a church leadership had decided that we would go after what our governor's wishes were and what his implied wishes were this. As at this time, it's appropriate for faith-based organizations and similar entities to consider cancellation of public events and services. And I believe that when he said that, that was his way of not being a dictator. That was his way of being kind. But I think the intent in that was, if you can meet at homes, meet at homes. If you can keep from gathering, keep from gathering. And so with that, we made a decision not based in fear. We made a decision based honor amen and so I want to go through something with you real quick but I want to set some tone for our service in general today so my friends watching from your living rooms your dorm rooms your your bedrooms oh man the bathtub are you having a, a, an experience with God in the bathroom today I'm telling you weird right but you could be watching this anywhere I want you guys to do this all right today we want this to be very interactive And so if you, if I say something that you want to respond to, I need some, see some ones, some ones in the, in the comments. That's going to be our man, amen today that you don't have to take the time to write amen. Just hit up with ones and we'll know that you're saying preach preacher, that, that, that gets us involved. All right. Also, I want you to know if there's any moment during today that you need prayer for something post it in there. All right. So that we can be praying for you. This is going to be our virtual community. I don't even call it virtual community. This is our community. You know, nothing, nothing keeps us from each other. It's so neat how technology allows us to have ministry together today. So those that are here in this room, our staff and our, our, our band that's here, we're going to preach to them. We're going to minister to them. But also those of you that are watching from home, we want this to be very interactive. And so I'm going to say real quick, we'll just try this out. Come on, somebody. Put someone's up in there now i better see pastor stephanie over here going ding 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 ding. we got wands in the house all right so <laughs> but here's the reason why we're doing this we want it to be a decision based in honor uh, number one we're honoring god's word we've had different people uh why are we doing this we shouldn't be afraid of the government no you're right this isn't a moral decision that we're making here does that make sense if there was a morality issue trust the leadership of this church that we would put our foot down this isn't a morality issue. This is us showing honor. So number one, we honor God's word. In Romans 1 13, every person is to be in subjection to the governing authorities, for there's no authority except from God, and those which exist are established by God. And so we believe God's word tells us that we're to respect those that are put into authority over us. And so number one, we're honoring God's word. Number two, we're going to honor that authority. That God has allowed to be placed over us. Our president and our governor have both asked for a state of emergency to take place. And so we're going to honor that. Also, the superintendent of the Assemblies of God, that's who our church is covered under, the superintendent, Doug Clay, on Thursday had a missive come out to us staff pastors, us pastors across the nation, saying, follow the leadership of your given state. See what your state is saying and follow those officials' directives. And so with that, we saw what our state was desiring. And so that's why we've made this decision in light of that information. All right. Another um, thing that we want to honor is others. We just want to honor people. We're not doing this out of fear. We're doing this out of honor. And so we're going to honor people. And there's a concept within the infectious disease science world known as flattening the curve. How many before this week you'd never heard of flattening the curve? Yeah, yeah, this is a new term. It's a great term. And you know why it's a great term? Because Momentum Church has been doing this for years. I'm going to get to that in a second. Makes me want to preach. I'm telling you right now. Y'all been flattening the curve for years. Amen? Amen. And so what I say here, listen, The idea of flattening the curve, we're doing our part. And so with that, until you hear otherwise, we will be gathering like this online and we won't be meeting in person in our larger gatherings, okay? So at this time, we're not saying small groups are canceled. We're not saying those smaller gatherings that you have that are kind of uh, church person directed are canceled. But right now, the larger gatherings at the church are. So for instance, Friday night, the women's night of worship. I've already been talking to Kim. They're gonna have an experience that night and so just be listening the next day or two to understand what's going on ladies keep that night open because you're going to go after God that night and you're going to go after community that night and we'll give we'll figure out a way to make that happen amen and so until that happens we're going to flatten the curve by not gathering we're doing our part to do that I want you to shout "Flattening flattening the curve I can't hear you at home come on out flattening the curve yeah 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 and like I said I believe y'all have been doing that for years you're a family a wonderful family of God that loves to make a difference that's what flattening the curve is when there's a spike in somebody's life of, of of hardship momentum church people run in and make a difference When there's a spike in somebody's life of depression, we don't let people sit in sorrow all alone. We run in and we flatten the curve. When when there's a spike and there's a financial need, you guys don't even wait for momentum, the entity, the organization to meet those needs. Most of the time when there's a financial need in this house, the church people, Whoa! I'm so proud of you. You guys flatten the curve in people's lives. Is that awesome? You're used to flattening the curve. It is who you are. You're the kind of people that make a difference in people's lives. And you don't wait for crises. You look for opportunities all the time to do that. And as your pastor, man, I am so proud of you for being the kind of people that's willing to flatten the curve. We do that through our missions. We do that through outreach. Do you know last year we had some opportunities to flatten the curve? And and here's here's the thing. When you think of flattening the curve, well, why try? Are we going to make a difference? Are we going to, you know what? You're right. When it comes to the greater community of the world, it seems at times it's like it's just so much need. How in the world can we meet all the need? And we can't. But for that family last year in Iran that we set free from slavery, you guys flattened the curve. Come on, give yourself some honor. Amen? God allowed you to flatten the curve last year. For, for, for that, that, that sheriff's deputy that wasn't going to have a Christmas, we believe in being the, 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 the supporter of first responders in, in Cherokee County. That's our heart as a church. And for that sheriff's deputy that wouldn't have a Christmas for her kids and couldn't cover her, her mortgage, going through some hard times, man, you all flattened the curve in her life. That, that, that peak at Christmas time that just seemed to almost pull her under. You guys were able to bring presents for her, for her kids. You were able not to, we were gonna do one month of mortgage, but you guys, that's not who you are. You guys believe in flattening the curve. And so with it, we were able to do a couple months of her mortgage. Man, praise God for that, amen? Last year, do you know that we fed on average in a given month 120 children? 120 kids every month got everything they needed for their daily nutrition because you chose to flatten the curve. You chose to make a difference. The spike of hunger in those little babies' stomachs, and you said, I can't reach every child in this world, but those 120, I'll make a difference in their lives. And you sowed seed that made a difference, that brought a harvest of literal physical satisfaction to those kids' lives. Amy and I, we've chosen to continue that this year. I'm praying that every one of you. I, I believe that we had committed about 150 last year. It Ended up being about 120 on average for each month, and, um, and I think it's it's about that same right now. But if you made that commitment with Feed One, keep doing that, man. It's a great ministry, and we're reaching these children for 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 their physical physical needs as we flatten that curve. Do you know? A couple of weeks ago, there's a young woman who's pregnant with a baby, and she's homeless in Phoenix, 22,000 homeless in Phoenix. And this woman's pregnant. And we partnered with the ministry that got her off the streets and is being able to take care of her. And you all gave $2,500 to take care of every need that woman's going to have for food, housing, etc. over the next year. Give yourself some praise. Amen. I mean, I'm telling you, thank you. Thank you. Forgetting it, for understanding that we can't help everybody, but we can help somebody. And we choose to sow seed. We chose to, to, to focus in on what we can focus in. And that seed at times may seem small. And we may feel at times, how in the world is it going to make that big of a difference? But you know what? To that woman that's going to have a baby, that's not going to abort that baby because she has hope now. She has people investing in her. She has people flattening the curve for her. That woman, man, we made a difference in her life. Who knows what that little one might become, you know? That little one might become the doctor that keeps us from having all these crazy diseases. I don't know, you know? Praise God, that, that, that's who this church is. I love that we aren't country club members looking to be served, but in our gathering together, we choose to do our part to impact our world. And even in this moment, making this choice to stay home might seem like we're ab... Um, ab um, um, Acquiescing, that's the name of the word I'm looking for. It doesn't change because you're home. I still can't get the right words. It might seem like we're acquiescing, we're backing. No, no, we're not. We're choosing to do our part because that's who Momentum Church folk are. And as your pastor, I'm proud of you. I just want to say it this way. Y'all have a viral impact on the world. Come on, somebody. You all are contagious, and it's spreading. Amen? Amen. Every year, missionaries that we're supporting, lives that we're seeing changed, because you're choosing to say, I got seed, I got something that may not look like much, but in the hands of God, it'll change the world. And so you may feel at times, are we making a difference? I want to tell you we are, and it makes sense now during this pandemic that we would see this as a great opportunity for the church to band together together and to set tone for what it should look like when communities face difficult times, all right? And so we're gonna do that two ways. The first way we're going to do it practically every single person it's our staff that's here today and our tech team and our band members that are here today we're going to count you as one all right and those who are watching right now online we're counting you those that watch this service during the service time and what we want to do is we want to help give at least a dollar for every single person watching right now toward our Cherokee County school system. Because the county right now is gonna have a, a lot of struggle with the added expenses that it's gonna to take to feed the children that are nutritionally challenged. All right? And we wanna be sure, I don't wanna just feed 120 every month around the world. Right here in our county, there is need. And so we will be helping today, that offering will go to them. If you do choose that you wanna give, you can, in the missions on Push Pay, you can put in there that it's, you know, whatever you give today in missions on Push Pay, it's gonna to go to help offset the expenses of our county when it comes to feeding the kids. All right? <clears throat> the second thing we wanna to do today is that President Trump, and I love this, God bless him has called today to be a national day of prayer, all right? And so I want us in the room to stand to our feet. You can kneel at home or stand to your feet, whatever you wanna do, but we wanna join our hearts in prayer. Not only that, on Thursday, our superintendent, Doug Clay, he called for today to be a day of national prayer in our Assemblies of God churches. And so with that, we want to today pray together in regards to this. And, and here's the thing, um, um, Is is that, am I at liberty to say anything specific? Am I? All right. So here's the thing, guys. This this hits close to home. You don't realize it, but our worship leader today, Brandon, now there's no chance of him being around the virus, okay? There's been enough time that he hasn't seen mom, okay, for that virus to be active to affect him. But his mother right now has the coronavirus, COVID-19. Okay, this isn't something that isn't, we knew it would start to affect people. People go, oh, it's not, it's not, it's you know, it's just a few people. Yeah, it's only a few people until it's your mama. All right? It's only a few people. Well, Yesterday I received a text message from one of our older ladies who her close, close friend is compromised in an ICU right now and they're not expecting Beth to make it. I mean, it's, it's one of those deals where she's there going through this and she's an older person And so when you start to have people who their friends have this and mamas have, it's a real thing, amen? And so I want us to just go ahead and take some time to pray. Amen. Father, in the name of Jesus, and if you're here, pray out loud. Amen. I want us to pray out loud. Don't just listen to the preacher pray. If you're there in your living room, don't just listen to the preacher pray. You covenant, you agree. Let's join our words in agreement together as we go before the throne of God. Lord, in the name of Jesus, you see this epidemic, this pandemic. You see, Lord God, what's going on and the threat of how it could spread. We ask, Lord, for wisdom to come upon the doctors, for wisdom to be there Upon the medical staff, that God quickly, a fix, a quickly things will take place so that this thing can be limited. Lord, I thank you for that social distancing that's taking place, Lord God. I thank you for people understanding the gravity of this. And I ask, Lord, that, that you would just bring provision for lives that right now, with work and all sorts of things, this is bringing some upheaval. Lord, you're our supplier. You're our provider, though we're not going to move in a spirit of fear. But Lord God, we know that you are the one that we look to for provision. And so Lord, provision of healing... Safety, protection. Lord God, I ask in the name of Jesus, financial provision for those that this affects their livelihood, Lord. And Lord, I'm just going to say it right now. There is somebody in the name of Jesus right now that is watching this broadcast, that is watching online, and you have already been diagnosed, and you have the virus. We come together right now, and we declare and decree to you in the name of Jesus that you will live and not die. We declare and decree that no evil thing shall come nigh you. We declare and decree that you can run up into the shadow of the Almighty. And you can find your refuge. You can find your healing in the name of Jesus. We curse that, that illness in your body right now. And we claim healing in Jesus' name. Lord God, we plead the blood of Jesus and a hedge of protection around every single person, Lord God, that we are connected to, around the membership of this church, around the attenders of this church. But Lord God, not just that. that Lord God, that anointing upon them would spread forth into their, their street, Lord God, into their workmates, Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus. We ask for that in Jesus' name right now. Hmm. If that's you, and you're watching this, I'm not even sure what number we should put in there. I'll say put a seven in there. Yeah, put a seven in there. We're going to declare perfection in your life. Amen? Put perfection in your lungs. Perfection in that system of your body. Amen? Put a seven in there. Amen? Yeah. Amen. Everybody shout seven. Seven. All right. All right. You can have your seats. Amen. Amen. I, wanna, I do want to bring a word today. Amen. Is that all right if I preach a little bit today? You're like, that was the intro? You ain't going nowhere. We are quarantined. You ain't going nowhere. (laughs) Excuse me. So what I want to look at, this is that third week of our ebb and flow series. And doesn't it feel lately like the kingdom of God has just been challenged? You know, what, what I mean by that, just tension and, 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 and like I've talked before, just things in our world, just crazy stuff happening. It just seems like that. But you know, the word of God says the kingdom of God suffers violence, but the violent take it by force. In other words, things come up against the plans of God, but the people of God choose to rise up and with force put into motion what it takes to see God's hand move, what it takes to see God's blessings manifest. And I know you may say, Ross, I don't get that. I thought God just does whatever God wants to do. I get that, all right? I understand the sovereignty of the Lord. I really believe in the sovereignty of the Lord. But guess what? In his sovereign will, he has chosen to partner with his people. And he calls us to come in to be co-laborers with him. So when the kingdom suffers violence, we are called to be co-laborers to do whatever it takes to move in that seed, if you will, to see the harvest manifest of what God desires to manifest in the earth. Does that make sense? Amen. 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 And so like that ebb and flow we've been talking about, those waves of the ocean that move, as those waves move back and forth, there is force. God wants you to have force in your life. As those waves move back and forth, there's volume and capacity. God wants to increase capacity in your life. As those waves move, there's an ebb and a flow. There's a sustainability of this give and take, this receiving and giving, this this back and forth that takes place. And that's what I want to look at today. I want to look at the ebb and flow that causes us to see the best God has for us manifest in our lives. And I think when you feel like things are out of control, like it is right now, in a sense, it just feels a little bit out of our control. Y'all went to buy TP, right? things are a little bit out of control, right? I'm so thankful I'm a hunter. And those that have problem with that, I got meat in my freezer for days, for days. But for most of us, it's a little scary. Things are out of control, you know? And so (laughs) with that, I believe God wants us to be able to know there's something we can hold on to. There's something we can do that starts to take the control back. There's something we can do that allows that ebb and flow to manifest in our lives to where we see God doing what God desires to do. But too often when it comes, I know God wants more of my life. Okay, I know that. But too often I'm not willing to do what it takes to walk in what God is calling me to walk in. Can I personalize that for you? Too often you know what you believe God has for you. right? But you're not doing what it takes to walk in what God is calling you to walk in. And so I want to ask you, when it comes to your life, those things that might seem a little out of control, when it comes, can you take an honest look at your life and ask, are you walking in the life you believe God desires for you? you? Are you walking in that life that you believe God desires for you? He is a good father, amen? and he's not a respecter of persons scripture says so we can look at our life and go hey this isn't the life that i was hoping for something's going on here let me ask you are you blessed or are you bitter are you blessed or are you bitter are you broke or are you abounding let me ask you are you joyful or are you filled with fear i want to be joyful I don't want to be filled with joy, amen. I don't want to be filled with fear and filled with despair. And so, listen real close. This morning, I'm going to give you a principle that I believe is the number one key to seeing God's kingdom manifest in your life and in the lives of others. The number one key. That sounds pretty awesome, doesn't it? How many want to know what that principle is? We're going to get there. Don't you go. To, don't you go. Make yourself a waffle just yet. Okay, Hold on. Hold on. Let you get your TV turned up. I don't want you to miss this. Okay? When it comes to life, this ebb and flow, this this idea that that there's just a, a law in the earth, this back and forth, this, there's a law. How many are happy that you're breathing right now? Okay? Let's just go down a path for a second. You're happy that your breath isn't constrained right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and, and, and the, the truth of the matter is, your body has a system that causes it to function and to benefit without you taking much thought of it. We, we breathe without having to tell our lungs to inhale, and we breathe without having to tell our lungs to exhale. Breathing is a system that you don't take much cognitive thought about at all. It's a system. There's almost like a law to it. This is just how our body works. Digestion is the same way. It takes place with very little cognitive energy. I never ever think, well, I think about the food as I'm eating it, but I never think, now it's going down my esophagus. (laughs) And it's in my stomach. And Okay, stomach, I would like for you now to allow the acids to begin to wash over the food and to begin to work through that. Thank you that my body worked and it went through my cardiac sphincter into my stomach and now it's going to go through my pyloric sphincter and and I'm going to stop right there. It's all those sphincters we need to talk about. Hey, man, Bradley's looking at me. I'm sorry, Bradley. I'm just saying. You don't think about that. It's just a system. It's a system. It's like ebbing and flowing. It's just that waves. It's just, it's just how it works. It's a method of operation. And listen, God has a plan. I believe he has a flow that he wants us to move into. And when we get into this ebb and flow, into the system, if you will, we can't help but see God's supernaturally, supernatural blessings manifest in our life. We can't help but see force. Take place in our life. We can't help but see capacity increase in our life. We can't help but see the sustainability of what God wants to do in your relationships, maybe, like that marriage of yours or that employment of yours. We can't help but see sustainability manifest in our lives. I want you to open your Bibles to Galatians chapter 6, verse 7. Galatians chapter 6, verse 7 it says, Do not be deceived, God is not mocked. For whatever one sows, that will he also reap. All right? So as you sow, you will reap. Is this a money sermon? Not necessarily, but it does make me think a little bit about money. And I want to be able to give to this offering today. And so I don't have money on me, I don't think. No. So um, I want to ask, does somebody have a... I feel like I need to give $100. So does anybody have 100 bucks here I can have? Anybody? You got 100 Lori, are you kidding me? Aw, General, thank you. I'm, I'm going to give this to the Lord. Amen? I, thank, I appreciate that. I got $100 that's been given. I'll come back to that. But I, I'm going to set right there. And listen, don't let me steal this, people. This belongs to God, okay? So I'm going to set it right here. All right. <laughs> but the rest of the scripture says this. For the one who sows to his own flesh will from the flesh reap corruption. But the one who sows to the Spirit will from the Spirit reap eternal life. And let us not grow weary of doing good, for in due season we will reap if we do not give up. So then as we have opportunity, let us do good to everyone. I love that. That's that flattening the curve. As we have opportunity, let us do good to everyone. Every chance we can get, let us be a blessing. And as we're a blessing, that's not just in finances, that's in time, that's in ability. But Lord, let us do good, especially to those of the household of faith. We miss that sometimes. Sometimes we think to ourselves, well, I want to be an evangelist and reach the whole world, and that's important, but the whole world will know you are Christians by your love one for another. It's really a key thing to take care of each other. Amen? So the New Testament establishes a clear understanding of this this law of sowing and reaping. When it says whatever a man sows, that's what he's going to reap. Next week, I want to talk about this system a little bit more as we look a little bit about the nature of the seed, and we'll talk a little bit more about that. Today, I just kind of want to hone in onto the fact that a harvest comes from every seed sown. Do you know why a harvest comes from every seed sown? It's a law, shout law. Say it again. It's a law. And the harvest that comes from sowing into the flesh, guess what kind of harvest that is? A fleshly harvest. The harvest that comes from sowing into the spirit, guess what kind of harvest that is? Spiritual harvest. That's why we're not moving in a spirit of fear right now, because we don't want to reap a harvest of despair, but we're sowing seeds of honor right now, and with it, the church won't be stopped. Okay, so we're going to receive a heart. You know, people will get saved today. People will get healed today. People will get delivered today. Why? Because we're gathering in the name of Jesus. Amen. We're sowing seed right now. You there in that living room, making a choice to be in the body, in the fellowship today, even though it seems virtual. Man, we are sowing seed in the supernatural. There is seed being sown in the spirit, and we can expect to reap spiritual harvest. That's the New Testament. It goes all the way back to the Old Testament. In Genesis 8, 22, it says, While the earth remains, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night shall not cease. There is a physical law on the earth of seed time and harvest. God instituted this from the dawn of time, the law of seed time and harvest. In Genesis 9, verse 1, It says, and God blessed Noah and his sons, and he said to them, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth. That's the passage that happens just a little bit after this passage where God is speaking about seed time and harvest in Genesis chapter 8. Now we get to Genesis chapter 9, verse 1, and Noah is commanded to be blessed, to go. He blesses Noah, and he says to him, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth. Does that sound familiar? Be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth. Does it sound familiar? It should. It should. It should sound familiar. When God created man, Adam and Eve, look, Genesis 1, verse 28 and 29, God blessed Adam and Eve, and he said to them, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it and have dominion. Shout dominion. Over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the heavens, over every living thing that moves on the earth. And God said, behold, I have given you every plant yielding seed that is on the face of all the earth. And every tree with seed in its fruit, you shall have them for food. God gave Adam and Eve two things that would shape their world. He he gave Adam and Eve two things that would allow them to see his kingdom manifest through their lives. Amen. And guess what? God gives you the same two things to see God's kingdom manifest in your home, to see God's kingdom manifest in your marriage, to see God's kingdom manifest in your finances, to see God's kingdom manifest in your health. These same two things and what they are number one is dominion, and number two is seed. Shout dominion. Dominion. Shout seed. Seed. Shout "Dominion." dominion. Shout seed. All right, let me give a little definition. Dominion is ruling authority. God isn't going to let your preacher get this fixed for you. doesn't matter what you're going through. I can't fix it. You have the authority over your life. You have the ability to multiply, to be fruitful, to have dominion. It is in your responsibility, it is in your life to take dominion, to take authority. Now, it's not the authority that you have on your own. We see that God showed here that he gave Adam and Eve. The mandate of authority was placed upon them by God in creation. He looked at Adam and even said, you'll have dominion. You'll have authority. Now go fill. Now go multiply. Now go create my desires in this world. Isn't that good? And God has never changed that. Sin tried to stop that. But that principle of seed, time, and harvest has never been eradicated. It's always still the same. And so that idea of dominion is ruling authority. That idea of seed something that's in your control. Something, it may look small, but it's something that you're in control of. It's something that you can get into your hand that you can do something with. It's a decision. It's an action. It's a, it's a, it's a, 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 a thought. It's, it's something that you absolutely have control of. So listen, God granted them the resources by which they could be fruitful so as to call them to multiply, cause them to multiply in all that they put their hands to. God provided this law, but here's the rub. He provided this law, but he gave man the choice. See, that's authority. You see that? We still have authority. We can submit our authority to the authority of the Lord, Or we can move in our own authority and make decisions in the flesh. What will decisions in the flesh reap? Boom, flesh. What will us submitting to the authority of God and making decisions governed by the Spirit reap? Spirit. Every time. See how that works? But it's all placed into our lives. It's this gift that God brings into us, into our lives. For us to take, here's the big word, responsibility. God provided this law, but he gave man the choice of the authority to reap the benefits of this law. That choice is responsibility. I told you this whole year is a year of discipleship. That's what it is. And to me, disciples are responsible with what God puts in their hands. They are responsible for what God places into their control. You're responsible for your children. You're responsible for your spouse. You're responsible for the work that you do. You're responsible for your health. You're responsible for your finances. But, 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 pastor, but, pastor, there's all these insinuating circumstances. I get that. I understand that. But the enemy is defeated. I I get that. But we rise up and we move in the spirit and we see a harvest come from spiritual things. Or we succumb to our flesh let's say with this COVID thing, we succumb to our flesh, we move into fear, into torment. We can't sleep at night. It's got every thought on our minds possessed. No, that's that's not what God would have for you. didn't give you a spirit of fear. He gave you a spirit of love, power, sound mind. And I know those who are prone to anxiety, this whole thing, man, it just takes you to that next level. And I'm not coming against you. I get that. I'm just saying you can't counter that in the flesh. You have to counter that in the spirit okay we'll teach more into this next week but you can't counter those things with the the macro you have to count counter them with the micro decisions okay some some things are too it, like addiction you can't you can't counter addiction with macro decisions It's those little tiny things every day. That little decision to make the right choice in this moment, and next thing you know, it starts to bring a harvest of will, a harvest of strength, a harvest that you can make a better decision the next day. Amen? It's in those small little things. I'm I'm getting into my sermon next week. I don't don't want to jump into next week. So... Originally, man failed when he chose to not move with the authority and the dominion that God gave him. He chose rather to sow to the seed of the devil's lie into his life. And he took that bait of Satan and he succumbed to the lie of the enemy, and because of that, he reaped the harvest of spiritual death. He reaped the harvest of separation, and from that moment on, man, we have been separated from God, and only through Jesus, that bridge that brings that that crossing over, that separation, only through Jesus do we get to have that connection again, okay? So if you're watching today, man, I'm telling you right now, God has so much for you. It starts with Jesus, If you're not a believer, today is the day to get saved. And you can put in there, I want to come to Jesus today, put a number five. Why? Number five in scripture is a symbol of grace. Amen? It's a symbol of grace. Man, I'm ready to receive the grace of God in my life today. I want to be a believer. I want to follow after Jesus, these principles that Ross is talking about. I want them to apply to my life. And I know if I'm separated from God, these principles aren't going to apply. At least not moving the things of the spirit. I'm tired of seeing the flesh take control and the fruit of the flesh manifest in my life. <clears throat> How many believe here? Somebody's going to get saved today, man. I'm believing for it. Amen. And So this law, let's go back to the law. You can't get away from it. The law of seed time and harvest is going to manifest. Adam and Eve couldn't get away from it. We can't get away from it. A law you cannot opt out of. You just can't. There's the law of Gravity. I can try to belly flop off of this and talk myself into the fact that I'm going to land on my feet. I'm not. I'm not going to land on my feet. I'm going to get hurt. I I can't keep from being the recipient of the law of gravity. It's going to happen. And so with it, gravity works every time. A law has benefits and responsibilities. So as believers, when we're told that God can't be mocked, It's going to happen. This is a law. You can't mock God. What you sow, you reap. You sow in spirit, you reap in spirit. You sow in flesh, you reap in flesh. It's a law. It's going to happen. And because of that, that's awesome. There's a predictability to the things of the Lord that we ought to be excited about, church. That I can, I can go after the things of God. I can seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. And everything else is added to me. In other words, I don't have to worry about all the other stuff. I don't have to worry about tomorrow. Because I can think about what God's doing right now. And tomorrow will be sufficient to think of itself. But right now, he is the same. Today, yesterday, and forever. Today, I need him to show up. I don't have to worry about tomorrow. Amen? He'll visit my tomorrow. Just like he visited my past. And he'll be all the junk in my past. So there's benefits but with benefits there's responsibilities and so here's the principle you guys want to hear the principle i said the number one key to seeing god's kingdom manifest in your life and in the lives of others i believe it's the principle of seed time and harvest period seed time and harvest understanding it and that's why i'm gonna teach more into it next week seed time and harvest is the number one key to seeing god's kingdom manifest in your life and the lives of others you're like well no no it's coming to a relationship with jesus no i get that but you took the seed of the word that said, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and you planted the seed of the word into the ground of eternity and God brought you a harvest of salvation, not just for today, but for eternity, Amen. See how that's a seed. It's a spiritual seed, but it brought forth spiritual fruit. And now you get to walk in the abundance of eternal life. Amen. Oh, there's so many things that we can get to, but I, got, I, I can't, I, I'm not going to. Amen. <laughs> everybody's like, I'm not putting no more ones in there. I'm done. I'm done, pastor. I'm ready for my biscuits. I, I get it. I get it. Listen, when, when I was given that $100 by Lori a little bit ago, when this came to me, some people felt tension in that moment. Well, wait a second. That it must be nice being pastor. You, you got a need. Boom, it's taken care of. You know, I want to give. And so boom, oh, somebody, you know, somebody might have felt like like a little bit of, of frustration, a little tension with that. Others may have listening, thought, well, I'm a little jealous. I wish I could be like Lori and be able to just in a moment, a hundred bucks here. That's here's yours. Right? I mean, somebody may have felt that way. A little bit of jealousy. That must be nice to be able to give so easily. What you guys don't realize is this. Before church, I gave Lori this hundred dollars. Okay? Before church, this I gave this to Lori. So when I say that now, do you feel that stress lift a little bit, that tension lift? You know why? Because Lori was just giving me back what was mine already. That's all she's doing. She's just giving me back what was mine already. Listen, when you own the thought that everything you have is already God's, it lifts the tension associated with sowing what you have. Period. When you realize your time is God, guess what? You will serve. When we get these doors open at this church, I'm praying that you will realize that we need to take care of this house and the children and the people that come to this house. And you'll have a, you know, absence makes the heart grow fonder. And you'll just run up into here, not just for you, but to flatten the curve in other people's lives. Let me make a difference in children's lives. Let me make a difference in that parking lot as people come on the, that, on the, on the, on the, on the property. They would sense that, that, man, there's an excitement on this house, in this place, to receive what God has for, for, for them, for that person. So that's, that's sowing the seed of time. It may be your talent, it may be that treasure, it may be finances. But all I'm saying is those are seeds that we sow spiritually, and as we sow them, we start to see a spiritual harvest. I just wanna challenge us to be responsible to sow what God has placed into our lives. Right now, we're sowing in the decision of honor to be able to stay home. We can do that. God's gonna bring fruit from that as we honor the leadership in our lives. I don't know what other areas you may be called to sow in, in time and talent and treasure, but I know when you do that, whatever one sows, he will reap. For one who sows to flesh reaps flesh. One who sows to spirit reaps spirit and eternal life. But Ross, I've been sowing a long time. I get that. That's why the scripture says, don't grow weary in doing good. For in due season, you'll reap if you don't give up. The old King James says, if you don't lose heart. It really means if you keep courageous. If you hold fast and know So there's a lot of things in life that we may feel out of control of. But what we can take take control of, we can take control of the seed. God told us that. He gave us dominion and he gave us seed. He gave us authority and he gave us control of what we're going to do with that seed. What's beautiful is God even gives seed to the sower. You don't even have, it's not even your seed. He gives you the seed. So that little seed in your hands, you can take control of. In other words, this morning, there's worry. Maybe there's worry. Guess what? We're going to go into one more song, and we can take control of worry. You know how? We're going to take the seat of worship. We're going to go after God in worship today. One more song. One more song. We'll go after God in worship. See how that works? Whatever it might be in your life, that, that, that idea of, of fear, we're going to take seeds of peace. We're going to put the word of God into our hearts and replace that, that, that harvest of fear with a harvest of peace. I started with, with, with Psalm 46, be still and know that I'm God. But it starts off, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble, Therefore, we will not fear. I'm going to put the seed of the word in me. Therefore, we will not fear. Though the earth gives way. Though the mountains be moved into the heart of the sea. Though all the toilet paper and meat is gone. Though its waters roar and foam. Though the mountains tremble at its swelling. There is a river. (laughs) And as we go into worship, I'm praying the Holy Spirit flows into your living rooms. Amen. I pray the Holy Spirit moves here. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God. That's the moving of the Holy Spirit. That's the things of the Holy Spirit. That's the things of God. The holy habitation of the Most High. God is in the midst of her. He shall not be moved. God will help her when morning dawns. So that's the seed that we're going to sow. Let's sow into the spirit. Let's stand to our feet, those that are in this room. We're going to go after God and worship. You may want to come to the altar and kneel. You may want to kneel there in the the, the aisles or at your seat. There in your living room, you may want to stand and raise your hands or get prostrate before the Lord, before him in your room. But we're going to sow into the spirit. We're going to go after God and worship. And this morning, guess what? We're going to get to reap a harvest of peace and protection Amen. As we know, without a shadow of doubt, that God is on the scene of this pandemic. Thanks for joining us for this week's message. For more information, please check out www.momentumchurch.tv.